It's the Tiltcast, episode 537, Bearded Kids. And this week, guys, we talk about Hogwarts Legacy, Metroid Primary Mastered, and some kitchen fuckery. Stay tuned. Yeah, I don't understand why there's no beard options. We're back. Oh, shit. Woo! Oh, there. Hi, yeah. It's like cans. It's the Tillcast. It's an M Reddit show. It is February 12th at 11 20 a.m. Central Time. A balmy 55 degrees. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I am Rusty. The three of us, who knows what bullshit we have today, but it is Super Bowl Sunday, and I don't know that any of us is watching. So, hey, here we are. Woohoo, sports ball. Yeah. I don't know. I, I usually watch the YouTube commercials, so I might do that on the other. That's monitor. that's all I watch is the commercials. The commercials are the best part, right? Oh, and we're not allowed to say the uh, SB number. It's the big game. Remember? Oh wait, <laughs> I heard. What? I heard at some point that it's like copyrighted and you get your hand slapped or whatever. But oh, the big game. Whatever. The big game. Yeah, the big game. The big game Sunday. Whatever. Oh yeah, can, like they care about our little. You you can beat me if you want. Production. You can beat me if you want. Okay. Yes. I guess you should beat him. He likes it. They uh, they wanna, they wanna stop all the things, with the he big game. It. He just likes being beat. Oh. Yeah, we were uh just talking no about here. Talking <laughs> about Guinness Zero, and then me and Rusty being keto fiends. Or like, Ooh. is there a zero sugar Guinness? Yeah. Because I would love to have alcohol again and not yeah. have it count against my diet. Well, Apparently it's uh, zero alcohol, which is not the uh, same. Which is the worst. It's the worst kind. It's, it's like, it's bad. It's full of sadness. It is sad water. It is. Hey. It, at that point, it it's is, just mud, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is. That is for, that is. For all of those old Irishmen out there who've killed their livers on regular Guinness, At so that, that point, they can keep drinking Guinness. It's not even if that they've alcoholic. already killed their livers, I say just continue. At that point, you're fucked anyway. So, I mean, I would, I would, I would continue rather than continue on with that kind of sadness. It's. It's actually worse for keto than than normal Guinness. It is actually worse. There is more carbs in a 400 and, uh, 440 milliliter can. There's 16 grams of carbs in Guinness Zero. It's, there is less than that in a normal Guinness can. You know, the crazy thing about Guinness is when I blow my diet with it, it's usually like four cans, and four cans is usually like two days worth of carbs plus like a whole day's worth of calories in just like four cans. It's, I mean, they it's, do it say is, that it is a it's, meal. It's a meal in a can. I mean, it's a, there's a lot of calories in Guinness, but God damn, is it not good. It's very good. I love it. It's very good. Yeah, that there used to be one I used to be able to find locally called Beamish that I liked a little bit better. And it's not me just being controversial. It was one of those things where it was just a tad smoother. And it was one of those things where, like, you know, everybody likes 
I say everybody. Guinness is very divisive. There are people that love Guinness and there are people that hate Guinness, but there's not a lot of in-between people with Guinness. Um, this was a a, There was a smoother version. It was Beamish, and I miss it a lot. Mm, I miss a lot of things. I can't really even drink. So, I mean, I made a big deal out of this uh, out of this apple pie, right? Uh, you know, I've got this fucking apple pie that's sitting here fermenting in the in the other room. It's literally on the other side of the wall. I can't touch it. It's got way too much sugar in it. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, over the holidays, about a you know the during the Christmas season, right? Um, I went over to Trent's house and the guy that he's good friends with the guy that did my tattoo work. And he was there, and he brought something similar that wasn't apple pie, but it was some kind of, like, very pie-flavored um, Everclear, essentially. Oh, yeah. I had a shot of it, and I could not tell that there was any Everclear in it. He's like, this stuff's dangerous, but we're all doing a shot. And he's like, I don't care about that's, your fucking keto. <laughs> that's what this is. That's what this is. It's So Everclear has this thing where it just, like, ob- obtains its flavor from whatever you put it in. Uh, otherwise, it's... It's, it's, it's like drinking fucking, you know, it's like drinking uh, isopropyl alcohol. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I've had it myself. Um, it's pretty bad. Um, but if you put it in, you know, stuff that has extra flavor in it, like all all this is is you know basically uh, apple cider, uh, apple juice, and uh, some apple pie spices, right? With you know, with a decent amount of sugar, you put you know, you put a dumb amount of Everclear in there. Like, you know that something's different when you put it in there, when it when it changes the viscosity of the mixture that you put it in. Like, there's there's a visual change to what you just put it in. That That's that's alchemy right there. I mean, when you put it in there and you take a, uh, take a sip immediately afterwards, of course, you're going to taste the Everclear. Right now, if I was to go over there and open up a jar, there's no Everclear flavor. All of the alcohol still there, though. That's that's dangerous. Yeah, that's it, what makes that shit dangerous. Yeah, when you really explain it to me, and I realized it wasn't actual moonshine. It's just fucking Everclear, which might as well be moonshine. Um, that made a lot more sense, especially after trying it over at Trent's house during the holidays. I was like, oh, so this is what he's talking about. It's a little spicy drink that tastes like something that you have with cake like it's super it was it's not, very desserty yeah it's it, it's like very desserty it's like it's meant to be sweet yeah it's like having your christmas eggnog or something like it's right it's something otherworldly i don't know i like the bitterness in certain alcohols and i kind of strive for that like i like the bitterness of guinness right <laughs> i don't necessarily like the bitterness in ipas i like the bitterness in sours um, I like the bitterness and a good whiskey sour, but something about a handful of fruity drinks, like you could get pretty girl drink drunk real fast, <laughs> yeah. um, on those. That's it. Yeah. That's well, that kids in the hall. It's good, isn't it? But, I, think it I think it is. I may, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't care. Sometimes, sometimes you just need that kind of fucked up. I mean... I'm I'm kind of jonesing for it right now, actually. Um, it's too early to drink. Yeah, it's way too early to drink right now. <laughs> um, the only thing I'm drinking right now, and I might as well say it. So I got some inspiration. I've been like, so for people who don't know, right? Like, 
I was initially inspired by two podcasts by a lot, right? Way back in the day, Giant Bomb and TVGP. They've been doing it very long, right? Giant Bomb's no longer Giant Bomb. It is Giant Bomb, but it's not even anybody that's was ever a part of the soul that, that was that show. Um, I found Jeff Gersman's podcast, who might not agree with him most of the time, but he has he's very opinionated and he's very much his own opinion, um, which I appreciate quite a bit. And he's got his own podcast that you can find called The Jeff Gersman Show on uh, YouTube and probably other things. But I've been watching it on YouTube because he's entertaining, weird-looking dude. Um, he's been reviewing energy drinks on his podcast because he also, just like us, drinks – well, he usually drinks like two per show in a three-hour span. He's an energy drink addict. Right. Um, so I am going to uh, – being inspired by the godfather of video game podcasts – um, I am drinking a raging raspberry hibiscus bang today. Bang wow. Is, bang is usually what we drink. It's either bang or G-Fuel. Um, I'm going to be different today. Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing over there, Rusty? Today, I am drinking a Rain Inferno Red Dragon Thermogenic. I was I was what interested the by the fact that it was it said thermogenic, like... What what about it is thermogenic? Did it Does make it you make hot? me feel warm? Does it make you sweat? I guess I don't know. It, makes your... it just tastes like somebody made bad fruit punch. <laughs> so it was not a uh, was not as good as you and thought it might be. The funny thing is, is the first sip of any new energy drink is like, oh, that's nasty. And then, and then you get used about to the third sip of it. It's like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then the next thing you know, you've got like four cans of it empty on your fucking desk. And you're like, why am I so jazzed? Uh, <laughs> you got the jazz hands going. Ah, uh, oh, God, <laughs> I'm sitting here fucking like I'm, 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 why am I vibrating? Why, why is the world fucking vibrating right now? Why do um, I have to listen to everything in double bass right now? Yes. Master Puppets <laughs> is not fast enough. I need something faster. Yes. <laughs> uh, no. No, what on. I need to do right now is just dubstep. I just You just evolved to dubstep and that's it. Boom. Dubstep at 1.5 speed. <laughs> <laughs> it starts yes. to sound like Looney Tunes. I got fucking 5,000 beats per minute. Fucking yes, bro. Um, Go. You're, I think I saw what you're rocking. You're rocking some form of G Fuel over there, weren't you, Jason? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I have discovered that the uh, the Phaseberry and I forget uh, the name of the flavor, but um, it's the oh. uh, Crash Bandicoot themed one. Gotcha. Oh, are so. the two best tastings? Yeah, Rusty's is a rain. I here's the thing about rain for me. Other than other than that cherry lemonade that you can only get in the powder. Yeah, that rain that Rusty has. So rain does something weird to my body. Like it actually feels like it has too much caffeine for me. But the rain in a Coke Zero. It's, I mean, you get a, a that and I mean, I've got, I've got and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I've got a Mountain Dew. The desk always has to have an unopened can of Mountain Dew on it just as an emergency, you know, emergency caffeine supply. But part of this too, and I don't think people realize this, is we all suffer from migraines in various forms. And caffeine is one of the things that will knock a migraine or knock it down a notch. 
that's what one of the main ingredients in like Excedrin migraine is caffeine. Right. And it does help. And so I think when you're migraine prone, you become a caffeine addict because it does seem to like keep things at bay. I noticed this is super boring, but I was talking to somebody in a meeting the other day and I said, you know, the biggest change to my life that I made that helped me with my migraines was getting blue blockers on my glasses. Um, I don't have them nearly as frequently as I used to. And I stare at screens all day. I need to. Uh, I made a mistake when I ordered these and they needed to be blue blockers. I have a pair of safety glasses at work that are prescription that are also blue blockers. And I love them fuckers. It, it, does, so, it does make a difference with eye strain. Like I, had, yeah. I don't remember the last time I've had eye strain and I'm on a screen all day at work and I'm on a screen all day when I'm goofing off because this is a video game podcast. Jason mm. with his yellow glasses there. My solution. Yeah. Well, for the only guy that Granted, doesn't have to wear glasses. It's because I don't have to wear glasses. And two, um, I spend more than half of my week staring at nothing but Excel spreadsheets and access and SQL databases. So... Nice. Uh, the these fuckers block out more than forty percent of the blue light coming off of the screens, but they're also not polarized, so I'm not causing eye strain from the from squinting <laughs> rainbow effect. Yeah. Okay. The problem I have with those uh, those lenses or any lens that is like more than besides the know, fact that it looks like like a Johnny Knoxville knockoff. Outside of that, is that I just I mean, don't think I could stand they're, they're looking at the loathing glasses. That's true. I can't stand looking at the world through fucking like urine colored lenses, though. So it's well, <laughs> right. But when all you're doing is staring at white screens all day, that yeah, that sixty percent on a I'll, white screen is like. I'll deal with the migraines. Barely turns the white to off-white, right? It's, it doesn't matter. Everything will be too yellow for me. Everything is a shade of yellow. I hate yellow. I hate it. Oh, isn't that like, a song? What? There's Everything a song. is a shade of yellow? Yeah. I don't know. Look it up. That's a really annoying uh, song. I feel like it's a Coldplay song, but it could be somebody different. Everything is a shade no. of yellow? Or just the song know. yellow. There is a Coldplay song with a similar line in it. Everything is yellow. Yeah. Uh, well, that is Coldplay. Yellow. Damn, uh, I was on, <laughs> on the nose. Right there. Everything is yellow. As soon as you started, it's that annoying song started going through my head as soon as you mm -hmm. started talking about yellow. Just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all yellow. <laughs> okay so right. speaking of colors i uh i did something that you've done for a very long time rusty i ordered a couple of smart lights for my living room lamps yes and, and the reason i did initially i was just going to go get some bulbs because the color of one lamp was a different color than the other one and it was throwing me off mentally with my feng shui in the house with one being a you know a reddish tinged light right it was an edison bulb and the other one was a fluorescent light. So this blue and orangish light kind of combating itself in the living room is driving me nuts because yep. usually I turn on a lamp while I'm in the living room, you know, I turn off everything else except for the lamps uh, at night. And I was like, you know what? 
was how much are smart bulbs? So I looked them up on Amazon and get a pair of smart bulbs for like 15 bucks. I was like, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I got a pair of smart bulbs that I can see Rusty's playing with the app on his phone. And uh, I did that. And then I realized like how fun that can be. Um, I haven't gone as far as integrating Alexa because I, Alexa spies on me enough as it is. But it is pretty nice to be able to lower the light levels down to a very low setting at night and put it on more of a reddish or orangish hue to uh, help me get in that mindset for sleep because the fluorescent lights like make me awake. So that weird blue color, right? Like that's one of the old reasons that they have blue blocking on your phone and on your monitor and everything else. And yeah, sometimes I do red alert red like you've got going on there, Rusty. Um, <laughs> but that kind of gives me a headache. So I kind of go more for an orange. But while well, I've been playing video games, I've been uh, been wizarding about quite a bit. So I've been using blue and green a lot because that felt very magical. So I've been doing that. I've uh, been making a lot of food lately. I just smoked a, 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 a chuck roast that I bought from the meat market the other day. In fact, that's what I just got finished eating. So I had a scramble that I chopped that um, smoked chuck roast into instead of sausage and made a, a scramble out of that with some habanero jack. And let me tell you, that habanero jack had a lot more snap than I thought it would. And I got it from the meat market, too. It actually has habanero in it. And it's uh, it had some snap. Like, I'm going to have some spicy poops later today for sure. The Is that the same stuff you got from Harvard Meats before? Oh, yeah. Y yeah, that stuff is snappy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the it's little a little bit of it that I tasted. Yeah, it's a lot hotter than, like, what you get at the grocery store that says habanero jack. Like, the stuff you get at Walmart that's made by Kraft. Like you can, you can taste the flavor, but there's no snap to it. So you got to add some cayenne or something to it to give it that snap. This stuff has like real peppers in it and it is, it's glorious. Like it, that, that whole scramble just was amazing. But, uh, yeah, I did that. I bought a steak. I've got a steak for myself too. I got myself a ribeye for uh Tuesday so I can enjoy, enjoy the, uh, you know, with the holiday to myself and treat myself properly. I like this idea, Rusty. This is uh, keeping us on track. Yep. Um, <laughs> in the background, Rusty has a, uh, a notepad that he is streaming that has all of our potential episode titles going as a running list, which uh, I don't know why in 10 years we've never thought of this before. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yep. Um. But that was the most interesting things that happened to me this week that were not game related. Did you guys have anything going on that was interesting? Um, yeah, kind of. I uh, we just got done fucking putting together a uh, a little miniature. Uh, oh, what would you call it? A bunch of fuck that's happening in my kitchen right now. Basically, we had a. Uh, a dishwasher that was set up on top of a uh, on top of the countertop, one of those little half height fucking dishwashers because we're lazy and we don't want to do dishes, uh, and it was taking up all the fucking counter space, and was, well, we were like, "Fuck this shit! This is this is stupid." So, um, went out and bought a a dishwasher. Well, I mean, you can have a place to put a fucking dishwasher, right? 
It's a little uh, more expensive so, than you realize it. No. I think I spent yes. six hundred on mine. So um it wasn't the it wasn't necessarily the expense. I think I spent like uh, like five fifty or something like that. It was actually not too bad. Uh so and then it's a decent one too. The problem is it didn't come with install. So we had to install it ourselves, which meant cabinet work. Yeah, buddy. Um I'm sure all that noise so, did wonders for your head. Yeah, so I lost four drawers and a uh and a small like half width cabinet uh door. Uh and in its place we put the dishwasher. <laughs> uh yeah. but it required a rebuild of the kitchen counter. <laughs> so, yeah, can I ask what brand you got? Uh we bought a G. Good. Um so I, I uh, actually I'm going to, you know, I don't care. It's not like they're ever going to sponsor us. But I got a Bosch a long time ago because the original mm-hmm. dishwasher that came with this house was ancient, right? It's built in like 1980. Did nothing. Just got the dishes wet and rinsed them off. And so I bought a Bosch. And like, I'm not the most handy person, but I know that I connected everything correctly. Fucker caught fire. Like, Oh, Jesus. Spence, me and Spencer are over here like playing Mario Kart in the living room. And we hear a... <laughs> And we look back and we see smoke and then flames pop up underneath the uh, dishwasher. He's like, oh, my God. I was like, hit the breaker. So he runs over and hits the breaker. And I fill up a whole thing of water and just splash it underneath the thing like over and over and over again. (laughs) And we left that off. And with flashlights, me and him like uninstalled the thing and like basically kicked it out in the garage. Like the me and him just chucked it in the garage like the evil piece of shit it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just outside of warranty, so I couldn't get anything. And then I called customer support, and I was like, so your machine caught fire in my house. Um, are you going to do anything about it? And they said no, um, because it could have been a potential install issue for me. And uh, very quickly said, uh, fuck you, and uh, went and bought something else on a credit card, because obviously I needed a dishwasher, right? Yeah, right. And then... I installed it just like I did the other one, um, and uh, mine is also a GE, I believe. Um, I know it's just not a Bosch. That's what it was. It's just not a Bosch because fuck Bosch right now. Um, and I have had absolutely no issues with it. It washes dishes quite well um, and does a fair job of it. So that's why I was asking yeah. because, you know, I thought I was getting a fancy-ass dishwasher. The fancy-ass dishwasher fucking caught fire. So it, yeah, it might... In my experience, when it comes to uh, dishwashers, it's uh, basically Maytag. GE GE and Maytag are the same. Okay. Yeah, well, Maytag is usually like $800, which is why I didn't go with a Maytag. Right. But, I mean, they're they're all the same parts. GE builds both of them, right? Right, it's just um, Maytag comes with like the lifetime guarantee and shit. Pretty much, Maytag just comes with the with the additional warranty shit. Oh, um, we don't have to worry about that. We we honestly we don't have to worry about that. It's so it's an odd thing, and I'm not quite sure if it's a it's something that happens everywhere. But um, uh, we have as part of our electricity bill, uh, we have a uh, appliance coverage oh so if something fucks up yeah if something fucks up and if it it doesn't even have to be power related if something fucks up it actually you know it's insurance for the uh for the appliances 
And it's it's the weirdest thing. I've never heard of it until just like recently. And when I bought this, I was like, should we get the extended warranty for it? Because, you know, who knows? And there and I was told, no, do not buy the extended warranty because the power bill pays for it. And I'm like, scratch head, what? Um <laughs> so and it was explained to me. Rural some of the rural co-ops here in Oklahoma do the same thing. And it's mostly because of it. They basically expect some of your power is going to be very dirty. Okay. Well, that's, which that's is wonderful. Going, I'm just looking at my with, rig right now going, no, please don't. <laughs> get which is going to hit your highest draw. Um, you know, appliances generally mm-hmm. Com- if it's going to kill anything computer yeah exactly computer well, i'm sitting here yeah uh-huh. so here's the thing though get a, get a, get your power UPS. supply in your computer even though it can match a microwave or dishwasher or a washer and dryer combo um your power supply has a whole lot more uh overcurrent protection and dirty power protections built onto it than those power supplies do. Your yeah. TV and your other major appliances don't have those same uh, protections with all of the additional caps and everything else. Right, but you're you're really uh, under ideal circumstances. You really don't want to fucking like, yeah, you no. know, run a you know a hair dryer on the same circuit as your fucking PC. Um, <laughs> Well, not that, I, right. Not that I have that problem. Well, I all on the same circuit. I have three computers, which is kind of dangerous. So, like, I usually when I'm done with this podcast, I turn this one off, and then my laptop for work is draws nothing. But you know, it's it's my computer in the living room, which has the thousand watt power supply. Then this computer, which you know has like a four hundred watt power supply, and then the one that's the laptop, which has a docking station, which just charges it. Which I don't know, but my TV, I think my TV draws 200 watts because it's a big old OLED. So sometimes I worry that, like, I'm in a spot because this shares the same wall on the other side of the wall as my PC and my TV. I'm, I was, I was kind of worried about, you know, about extra shit. Like, I have to worry about the power around here too because it's like, if I get, I've got a, uh, thousand watt power supply of course i'm not drawing a thousand watts all the time but still uh it's there uh i've got another machine on on the other side of the fucking wall basically the entire basement is run off of the same circuit and we were uh we we were under an emergency situation where we needed to have uh heat because our heater is well it's it's not great uh so i was doing the math and seeing whether or not it would be possible to do an electric heater down here. Uh, yeah, we can only run one. <laughs> Otherwise ran, we uh, start popping I, breakers. I ran an electric heater in the house. So like I have the faux flake, faux flake, faux fake floors, right? The vinyl wood shit. And I had that thing on like the first winter I was here just all by itself on the wall socket and that thing caught fire too. Like I've had two different like fire emergencies here. And that thing caught fire as well. And then I chucked it out in the fucking snow. I was like, no, not a, not going to do one of those space heaters <laughs> you ever have again. Problems with shit just randomly catching fire often. 
I mean, that's two different times since I've lived here. I'm working on nine years of living here, and I've had two different emergencies where something almost caught fire. Something, you know, with an electric heater in it fucking caught fire. Yeah, I just, I'm very wary of it at this point. Okay, yeah, I'm super wary about having an electric heater as well, but, you know, sometimes you just gotta. Damn, Noss, my house is like... um at least 20 years older than yours and I've never been in danger of anything electrically catching on fire. Yeah. When I finally move, I'm going to look at what was done with the electric, wherever it was at, because I know there's something fishy in this house with the way the electric works. Like they, uh, they did something with my, my heater, right. And it disabled my doorbell in the front room. So it doesn't matter now because I've got a ring doorbell. That but, ain't shit, dude. That ain't shit. So it's I'm like, sitting here. So like they it hooked up an HVAC, and now I have no doorbell. Well, I was just putting this uh, uh this this fucking thing, this dishwasher, right? Because the dishwasher came with the uh, with the fucking power cable disconnected. We had to actually like you know splice that fucker onto the cables because the dishwasher could be either hardwired in or it could be plugged in. So. It, it came that way. So we had to do electrical for it, right? Um, we we had a plug and a hole in the wall for a box that was just never installed uh, underneath the countertop. So we'd already ripped the countertop out and we were, you know, we were fishing the line down to, you know, to basically put a box in there because uh, we also had installed a um, garbage disposal uh, and did some, you know, did some hackery, uh, hackery for that. I went through every single breaker in the house to try to uh, to turn off that plug so that we could work on the electrical. And it would only go off if I hit the main breaker. There isn't a breaker for that. It's it's hardwired just... into main. <laughs> That's weird. So That's it's not got good. a. Yeah, it's got a GFI plug on it that it's, you know, that is acting as its breaker. I mean... And it's right next to the sink. I would have done the same thing. Just put a GFI on it because, like, what else are you going to do? Right. Well... uh, (laughs) Kill the whole house's power if it trips? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, right now, the the kitchen sink's light... The uh, dishwasher and the uh, garbage disposal are all on a you know, on a GFI outlet as its own uh, only uh, uh, breaker. Interesting. It's this this place is a, it's this place is a death trap. Uh, electrically, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it works, but we don't want to overload it. <laughs> Well, Jason, uh, I know you've been selling Girl Scout cookies. Have, have anything else been going on? I mean, nothing uh, nothing too crazy. I really... Uh, um, the work, work was just super crazy, so I pretty much came home and died pretty much every day. Um yeah, not really. My life wasn't all too exciting last week, except for the fact that uh, Crystal got me a game for my Switch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I just started playing yesterday. <laughs> what are you playing? 
Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. See, I think I said something about, oh, there needs to be a fucking new Metroid Prime. And then they come out with Metroid Prime Remastered like the yeah. day after. Yeah. It, now, granted, this is not the new Metroid Prime that's, quote, still in development hell, but um, that Rare's supposed to still be working on. But the, uh, uh, basically, it's just Metroid Prime, the, the Wii version of it, um, with mm. updated, uh, with updated HD textures and apparently lighting. Um, the lighting is really stepped up in this version, at least the way it appears on the Switch's screen or at 1080p. I, it you know it's still not going to match anything from today but it it is a noticeable difference like colors are actually vibrant now uh samus's suit actually looks orange instead of like a pale yellow pale yeah, like, yellow like yeah yellow um are you sure that's not the glasses <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm sure that's not the glasses just, um just ask it and uh uh a lot of the uh uh like energy blues and stuff are a lot are a lot uh darker instead of just like white orbs with a blue outline <laughs> like they were originally so i mean it it is a decent visual upgrade i don't know that i personally would have necessarily spent gone out my way to spend thirty dollars on it but forty crystal or forty yeah thirty nine ninety five I guess or whatever. Hey but it's um, practically a steal in these days now. Right. Yeah. But I mean Crystal knew I'd been I'd she'd watch me start the the GameCube view version of the game a, a couple times and like give up at after a couple of hours, because I just couldn't get to look right on the TV at all. Uh, that's one thing I'll say is the GameCube on on a modern on a 4K display does not <laughs> does not look good at all. Well, yeah. Um, uh, so she was like. Well, I know you've really been wanting to play play this for a while, and uh, I saw the I saw it come come up, and and just yeah. got you the gift card. So she handed me a Nintendo gift card, right? So cool, I mean, whatever. Cool. I mean, hey, you did end up you you did end up you you basically paid for it. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, whenever the wife is willing to buy me a game, I'm not going to complain. I wouldn't either. Right. Um, and it's also, it's also one of the, those games. I think when, once I'm finished playing it, I'll let the boy, uh, the boy give it a try. It might be a, kind of a good intro into, more of a shooter platformer thing other than uh uh like Fortnite or any of that that he just 
Ugh. He ends up frustrated with modern shooters, and I think this might be a good intro to get him kind of started. Get him start him on Halo. Come on. <laughs> Halo single I, player, I not actually, multiplayer. <laughs> I actually tried and really? uh he couldn't uh uh he couldn't move around fast enough. Okay. I mean he, he couldn't be twitchy enough. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, he had to work work my life up, man. I granted started off with Tetris, so I understand. Um, granted, he is nine, so so. I mean, I, I, when did you start it, playing games, man? <laughs> right, but an Xbox controller is a lot bigger than the Nintendo and Super Nintendo controllers that we that we used back in the day. But we can get. Yeah, you know, we can get you uh, get kitty controllers. I'm I'm basically you have no excuses. Come on, make this kid a gamer, right? <laughs> I'm trying, but he's all uh, what biggest fallback is he? He's all about Roblox and oh well, kids these days. Yeah. I don't know about the. I don't even uh, kids these days. God damn, I feel old right now. <laughs> these ain't kids. <laughs> these dang kids indeed i mean he does he does really enjoy minecraft we've we've done that together um i can only do so much of minecraft though before i start getting super bored with it i am um, um, i you know i gave minecraft a try i was like i like survival games i like building games at least pick and axe games are not so bad. Tried tried Minecraft. I'm like, what is the appeal? I don't get it. I don't understand. There, there was nothing else like it when it came out. When we were talking about it, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> um, me and TJ were just going on like these caving expeditions together and building shit. And doing the whole survival mode thing. And back then, there really wasn't anything like it. So, like, when Seven Days to Die came out a few years later, that's when I was like, oh, there can be, like, a little bit more visceral combat with this, along with setting up traps and creating kind of a tower defense scenario along mm -hmm. with the building. So, like, it's a foundational game. And I get the appeal for kids because it's pretty benign. But it's not really for me either. Like, I tried playing the ray tracing map mod. Uh, about a year ago and pretty quickly fell off. I was like, it looks cool, but like it's still the very simple version of all the games that I like that are the more complex version. Right. So it, it's also, uh, you know, a lot of the mass appeal, especially for kids also is Minecraft has been around long enough. It's on literally everything. Um, and the, uh, like when it comes to when it comes to Minecraft on PC or even um, uh, even Minecraft on Xbox to some to some extent, the uh, modability of the game is a is a huge draw too. There's so many mods, um, especially on PC that you can deck Minecraft out with to. Do different things. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, you can do. The I think I, you can. Do I the think I understand thing. the the, uh, the the 
the point that was that was made there is like it's the foundation and there's so many more games out there that do you know that plus like there's a bunch of different voxel games and like I'd, I'd play seven days to die even even because it has zombies in it I, I'd, I don't enjoy it as much but I would play it over Minecraft yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I almost got back into playing that, but I started playing some older games. I ended up playing more Witcher. Um, mm. <clears throat> I got I don't know if I said it last week, but I kind of got frustrated with my experience with The Witcher and ended up buying a new CPU. Yeah, I did talk about it a little bit the fifty nine hundred X. Um, that was very easily overclockable, and I didn't have to update my copy of Windows, the new motherboard. Like it all just worked blended together, but um. Having the new CPU did make a difference in it not getting CPU gated. It's made a difference in literally everything I've done gaming wise. So I'm happy with that purchase. Um, but I got a little bit further in. I got to the point where I'm going back to the Baron to figure out where Siri went. Not the first part, but the second part after you go to Skellige. So I think I'm like pretty close to the midpoint of the game at 40 hours. And then Hogwarts Legacy came out, and I was like, you know what? I want to play this game. Like, we don't have any AAA RPGs out right now. Oof. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, if you got, if you pre-ordered it, you got early access on Monday night if you had it on console. And I wanted it on PC because at some point, like, I'd like to see a modded version of it. And, of course, <laughs> ray tracing, right? Ray tracing is cool. Um, I know it support, supposedly supports ray tracing on PS5. It's not going to be anywhere near to what I can get with my 3080. Initially, it was kind of broken. Um, so, like, I ended up playing it without ray tracing all the way till Friday because anytime I turned on ray tracing, the game just would run buttery smooth, and then at certain points, it would just chug. It's like, oof, like frames per second chug. Right, you get to a cutscene which is rendered in game, and it would just start chugging. So, like when I was doing the sorting hat thing, I had ray tracing on and running at 4K, and it was running at frames per second, which kind of ruined that part of the experience for me. So, I wanted to see what the sorting hat was going to put me as. Right, and it it bases the decisions based off like some questions it asks you. Right, and very uh, very true to what I said last week, it sorted me. You're into, Hufflepuff, aren't the, you? Yes, very quickly it <laughs> sorted me into Hufflepuff. Like it didn't even, like I just answered like how I thought I might answer. Yeah, Hufflepuff, that's what you are. I was like, well, mm -hmm. and it gives you the option to change. At that point, I was like, man, this is a sign. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, a, I'm a puff, right? So I went ahead and let it sort me and didn't change it to Slytherin like I thought it would. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because there's a big strong core element of the Slytherin thing to the story. And most there's a handful of good Slytherins in the game, but most of them are kind of dicks, which is kind of true to the lore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they get the cool the cool powers though, so I'm kind of like branching off into some Slytherin knowledge to get some of the cool powers. But um, so all the way until Friday, I was playing without ray tracing. I also still can't for the life of me can't figure out how to change the resolution in game. So I wanted a smoother experience with ray tracing, so it always seems to recommend me to be on ultra setting 4K ray tracing, and then for whatever reason, it just does not want to run that, right? And I don't want to run it at 30 FPS or 40 FPS, so 
I have to change the resolution resolution on my main display down to 1440 for it to just pick it up as windowed full screen 1440. So I... With a 3080, granted, like not a lot of people are going to have a 3080 still, right? Mm-hmm. I'm running it at 1440 on balanced um, DLSS and high settings on the game, as well as high settings in the ray tracing, nothing on ultra. Um, it does look pretty good on 4K with ultra settings, no ray tracing. Ray tracing is pretty essential to how this game looks, though. Like, it makes a huge difference with the spells and a huge difference with all the polished floors and all the reflective surfaces. There's reflective surfaces all over the place in this game. And I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice by playing it without ray tracing. There's a lot of areas that are intentionally too dark for you to to be in, aside from lighting up a light source. And the way the light dances off your wand when you use the... uh, Luminous spell looks really neat um, with ray tracing and looks kind of flat without ray tracing. So I decided that I was going to run it at a lower resolution, being that I'm sitting on the couch with my dog anyway, and do a little bit of, uh, you know, internal sharpening and run some DLSS and run it at half resolution for me to make it look pretty with all the effects. The effects are what it's making it look pretty. Like, I can't hardly tell the difference between 4K and 1440 from the couch anyway. So, now that it's running normally, um, because there was a day one patch that seemed to address some of those issues. A lot of people in the discussion side of Steam talking about it. It was, it's been the most played game in Steam, aside from a couple of free-to-play games. So, aside from like Apex and Counter-Strike, like, it's the most played, it's outpacing Dota right now. Um, as one of, at a, over half a million daily concurrent players. So, and it's it's a long game, so I think a lot of people are playing it in chunks, right? But, like, that's a pretty substantial amount of people playing the game. Um, the, I'm a medium Hogwarts fan, so I'm just going to say that, right? Like, <laughs> he, the, Harry it's Potter... not a medium rare, but a medium. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a... Uh, here's a... I didn't understand anything Harry Potter until I met Amy. So if you don't know, a long time ago, Amy that's been on the show, Babs, that was my girlfriend for like five years. She's the one that got me into uh, the whole Hogwarts thing. She was much more of a fan than I was. Insisted I read the book, so I read all of them. Um, and then I saw all the movies. And by the time it got to like the Deathly Hallows is when I was like, yeah, this is really rad. Right. But it, Harry Potter came out when I was already of age of an adult. Right. And so I didn't relate as well to like a, you know, the high school thing. And getting into this, um, like your kid, your kid, well, I guess your kid, right? Your wizard or witch is like probably about 15 or 16. So I'm sitting here looking for beard options, like, because I, <clears throat> I had a, I was able to grow a full beard at freaking 14. <laughs> um, <laughs> These are. <laughs> There are no beard options. These are, these are European the, kids. The, these are these are normal children. They're not dwarves or yetis like us. <laughs> That's true. Um, the one thing I had issue with <laughs> with the character creator is all the faces are incredibly similar. So, you know, there's no sliders to widen your eyes, your nose, or your mouth or whatever, right, to change the appearance of that. So there's like minor changes between all the different faces. It's a lot of haircuts, so that's that's a plus. And there's like some period appropriate haircuts. Like initially I was like, I'm going to be a 
green-haired pompadour dude and kind of looked like my punk rock self from when I was a kid. And I didn't want to, so I tried to do that, and then I realized it felt really out of period, and everybody else had normal hair colors, and here I am with like Joker green, walking around with a Joker green pompadour everywhere. I was like, that's wow. weird. And I wanted him to have a little bit more character, so there's a scars option. So he's got some really gnarly scars on the side of his face to kind of help with making him look a little bit rougher. What? What? Yeah. He's <laughs> he's, a, he's battle scarred. So He's battle scarred at what, 13? F15. F, F he's got some battle scars. 15? Yeah. He's, he's, he's seen some things. Uh, I suppose. I mean, we are talking about a, what is it? Is I heard that's not like a first year wizard, so it's like what your is fifth, it, a fifth year? Your fifth year, yeah. Fifth year? Okay. By that time he's at least tangled a, you know with a couple dragons, right? Well so. you start the game off tangling with a dragon. Like the game's oh. opening is extremely strong. There are five minutes of discussion to set up the story as to why you're going to Hogwarts, and immediately things happen on your way to Hogwarts, and it gets pretty into the into the story like super early on you just dive in and it dives in with some pretty pretty amazing looking action um and then doesn't really let up with that like all the way through the first intro before you even get to hogwarts you spent an hour like understanding the basics of the game and the combat and everything else even though you'd only have like two spells but um yeah, so like it starts off really strong. I think when I first started playing it, I sent you something, you guys something. I was like, this is actually pretty dope. Like I didn't expect it to start off this strong. Um, and I was hoping it wouldn't be a high school simulator, and it's not that either. So like to explain what the game is, the the way the loop works, like after you start to go to some classes to learn spells is it's not, it is on a day-night cycle, but your classes aren't don't work like that. Basically, you get a an owl that tells you like, hey... I've got a new thing for you to learn, so come to my class. So then you go to the class, it plays through a quick cutscene, then you learn an extra spell. And because you're a fifth year trying to catch up, the professor will give you assignments that are things that you do in the world. So like maybe pick somebody up and slam slam pick an enemy up and slam them into another enemy, right? Like it's one of those things, and you gotta do it ten times. <laughs> Beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Right. So you do that, and then it counts towards that progress counter, and then when you're done with that, you get another owl. It's like, hey, I heard that you did all the things. Do you want to come up here and learn this spell? Right? And so you go, and then you learn the spell. But like the way that it works in between that is there's missions that have you solve puzzles, missions that have you do things like errands for that person, right? It could be a, any manner of things. Or missions that just, like, progress the story that have you go to, like, different dungeons to do things. Um, there's a weird sneaking element. So you've got a spell for invisibility that works pretty well. And you can basically on all normal enemies, like, insta-kill them with uh, Petraficalis, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> it, you use a spell. You hit... You hit X and they die if you sneak up behind them. Like, there's just no... And if it's a big enemy, like, it takes a chunk of their health out so you can get started with the fight. Um, you've got powers that let you do telekinetic stuff with your magic, which you're special. So you've got some extra things that are not part of the Hogwarts arsenal. You've got a charge-up meter that lets you do extra damage and extra things based on how you fight. The, the fighting is different than what I expected, so... You've got all the spells that you slot, 
right? And they all do different things, and they're all color coded. So all of your force spells, right? Your your Jedi force spells, those are all purple, basically. Um, some of your other control spells are like your Wait, what? so like your throw, your pull, so your accio, and then whatever the push one is, the force push one, the one that forcefully pushes something down or flips it on its head. All those are purple spells. Your basic levitate, your slow, your ice, um, and your transfiguration, which will like turn somebody into a cup, are all your yellow spells. All your fire spells are red. So you've got like your explosion spell, your firebolt, your expelliarmus, which is the one that like disarms somebody, but it also does damage. And then a spell that shoots a big slicing blade, essentially. Like those are all red spells. And so when you're fighting wizards, they'll throw up a shield that color codes to one of those spells, and you've got to use that spell to break their shield. Or you've got to time a parry, essentially, so you hit your block button when you're about to get hit and hold it, and then it sh if you're still aiming at them, it'll shoot back a bolt that will break their shield. Um, you've also got like a, like a, a dodge mechanic as well. So if you see a red halo around you, you must dodge. If you see the yellow halo, you must reflect. Do you, but you the, have a spidey sense? Basically. And so in the chaos of all that, like I still forget to block and to dodge and things like that all during it. Because you've got a basic shield too, which is your block, which will block spells. But a lot of spells will rip through your shield. And so you've got to dodge the spell. So when you see the red, that's time. And it gives you about a half a second time for you to dodge. And if you forget, you get hit, right? You've also got a whole host of potions you can use. So you've got like a rock potion that turns you into, makes you look like a rock golem. You've got a potion that makes you completely invisible, which you can use to kind of drop your own aggro and move to the side of the battlefield. You've got plants. So you've got like a big spiky plant you can throw down that shoots poison at everything. You've got these chomping cabbages that you can throw down. that are like little piranhas that you throw down and they start like aggravating and attacking enemies. And so with your botany and your potion blending, all that stuff, you've got reasons to do all of those things. Like there's one called Thunder Brew that I use quite a bit, which basically just casts an area of effect of thunderstorm around you at all times. So I'm also saying there's a lot of spell effects going on at all times, which looks really neat with ray tracing, which I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice playing it without ray tracing if you can if you can help it. But the, the central core loop, getting back to what I was talking about, is go out, you find missions in Hogwarts, you find missions all across the area, um, you go do the missions, and then you need to brew your potions or go to class occasionally in between all of that. I think it's good to progress the main storyline a little bit to help with getting you access to spells that you need to solve some of the puzzles. And then some of the puzzles will gate you and say, like, you must have this spell before you can do this this quest or this puzzle. Inventory is a little bit limited, so like you start off with like 20 slots and then you're going around picking locks and doing things. Um, you are distracting. That is weird. You can't do that. You can't put lotion on your hand and make it look like you're dropping it down your pants. Um, long story short, like there's a lot of activities to do. It's not the biggest open world. This is not Witcher big. This is probably about Watchdogs big. Right, like, and there's some good ways to get around. Initially, you're just running around on your on your two feet, but like now I've got a a freaking griffin that I can summon, and I've got my broom, and uh, flying above everything is pretty neat. Um, like, I know there's some side quest stuff for me to do for Quidditch, but I haven't really really done much of that. 
I've got a Griffin now, which is better than my broom. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like little puzzle solving and, uh, like, and some of it's actually kind of hard. Um, like just kind of understanding the mechanics or wanting to go for, like there was some times I was like, oh yeah, now I have this levitate spell. I can levitate this box, then jump on the box and then use that to get higher. Right. Like I wasn't tall enough after I got the box where it needed to be. So then I just levitate it and then jump on it, then to jump to the higher area. So there's like this weird bone puzzle and I'm not going to spoil it, but you do things with bones and make things with bones with your spells, which is kind of neat. Um, there's a lot of like little surprise moments with some of the puzzle solving where I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense why that would work. Um, but it took me a second to realize what I needed to do. Um, and it doesn't always just spell it out. So it respects you in that regard. There are a handful of times that it tells you like, hey, this is that thing that you saw in this picture before. Maybe I'm close to this thing I was talking about, but it never outright tells you like a horizon does. Because there's like these... There's these missions that will essentially draw you a map of what you need to do, and you got to look for landmarks to get to the location. It's not just going to lead you there. So, for example, one had a rock formation, a crooked tree, some ruins, and then a and then a tower, right? But from where I was at, I was so far away, there's no way I could have seen the tower from where I got the map. So I kind of flew around on my broom until I found the rock, and then he's like, oh, yeah, that's the rock I saw in the drawing. And then kind of gradually moved my way over there. It took me about 10 minutes to solve it. But like I had to put on my thinking hat for a second, right? It wasn't just follow the, the quest marker line to get to thing, which I do appreciate that is not just have me fast travel spot to spot. Um, annoying things about the game is you you really need to do, there's these things called Merlin trials, which are basically just little puzzles that you do that um, increase your inventory space. So. Um, I encourage you to do those after you get a few spells as quickly as you can, because there's nothing quite like getting to a chest that you know is, has a good item in it, and then you realize you don't have enough space, so you can't grab it. Um, or you have to destroy shit in your inventory. Um, there's a lot to that game. Do I think it's going to be game of the year? I don't really think so, but as a medium Hogwarts fan, like I am having fun playing it. Like I've put 30 hours into it, I think, over the course of the week. Which ain't bad, considering I've been pretty busy this week. I don't know. It's probably about an 8 out of 10 so far, or a 4 out of 5 so far. Maybe it gets higher, okay. depending on when I get to the end of it. But, yeah, the performance issues aside, like, I'm actually having a pretty decently fun time out of it. And, uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. As, like I said, as a medium Hogwarts fan, it's kind of a welcome surprise that, like, there's some legit things that make it feel like not kitty. Right? Like getting into Azkaban was genuinely kind of a terrifying experience. Like that's one of the missions I was on, right? And the way the specters look is genuinely in a non kid friendly fashion, right? Like there are in fairy that are around, right? Which are basically zombies. Specters? Yeah, the specters. You mean the, the dementors? Dementors, yeah. The dementors are genuinely uh, yes. are genuinely pretty scary. The there's a lot of really dark areas and tombs that are very horror themed like it's oh. like there's no blood and guts in this game right because they figure there's going to be some younger audiences playing it but the like settings for things genuinely have a more mature theme to them than i was expecting um it didn't feel like a kid's game it feels like a i don't know 
anybody who's a Hotter a, a Hotter fan, a Potter fan, right, or a Hogwarts fan, probably will enjoy it because there's a lot of like nods to the stuff that happens later on in the whole universe. Like overall, it's a pretty pretty decent <laughs> game. It's just I think I don't think like I said I don't think it's going to be game of the year, but I think it's I think it's people are starved for an, a magic RPG right now. Right? I think so too. It's ah uh, all right. I yep. Okay. Yeah. I I think it's I think it sounds fantastic. It's and it's one of those games that I intend on picking up. Um I think it's living under a cloud at the moment. Uh but you know, if you look at it from just a gameplay perspective, like look, this is a fucking video game ass video game, right? Yeah. Like it's a video game yeah, ass you, video game. If you uh if you want to have like an, an experience like I guess I guess this is the thing. People were saying, "Oh, well, this is a big book franchise, right? Like there's a lot of uh, a lot of fucking books. They made movies about every single book and uh a lot of people were like, "I want to get in that shit," right? So, to the point where they'll play the fucking like Lego uh the the Lego games just to get their fix. This is as close to you know, Harry Potter Harry Potter's version of the uh, of the Witcher as you're gonna get. Yeah, it's very close to that. I think what sold me on it is I watched, uh, and I can credit you for this, Rusty. Yeah, I watched a decent amount of ACG reviews. Yes, um, and he's of the same mindset, right? Like it's he probably rates it a little bit higher than me, probably. But I it's you know it's not The Witcher, it's not Elden Ring, but it's a damn it's a damn fine game. With a right. lot of TLC and love that's been put into it, and I think, I don't know, I think it's well worth your time if you're interested in Harry Potter or you're interested in RPGs. Like, there's a little bit more RP than game in this to a certain extent, right? There's a decent amount of, like, listening to stories of what's going on in the world, and it's blended fairly well with the action. The pacing's a little bit off and that sometimes the story beats are much longer than the actual action. But not to stri- triangle strategy, right? It's not like it's not ninety minutes of story for ten minutes of gameplay. It's usually close to about a forty percent story to sixty percent gameplay. There's so many games, right? Like I'm, I wanted to listen to some podcasts while I was waiting on this podcast to start. And realized that I needed more uh, inventory space, so I started doing the Merlin trials. And so, like, I'm on, like, my 15th right now as of this morning just expand Because every time you complete, a, like, a section, it gives you, like, four more slots for your inventory. It also gives you XP. Mm-hmm. So I figured, why the hell not? Like, I'm smart enough to figure out most of these. Most of these puzzles are pretty interesting. Um, I'll figure it out. So that's what I've been doing all morning is just Merlin trials because they're genuinely pretty fun. They're just physics puzzles most of the time. Sometimes so, it's like shoot all the things. Sometimes it's like relocate this boulder, like Temple of Doom style, down into this crater. Sometimes it's like blow up the pillars or take your wand and lead butterflies to these different lampposts. Like they're all just, you know, they're like little puzzles, but they're kind of fun. So they're they're kind of like the uh uh the 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 shrines in fucking Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like the the little little challenges, little self-contained challenges. Yeah, they're there for you to, the reward after you do so many of them is more inventory space. Right. Which okay. is, 
necessary in this game because, like I said, you can get to a point where you're like scrapping stuff to get the better stuff. Like, and I didn't even bring up the whole like you've got a whole room that you've got you can set up all your potion stations and all of your like different oh, yeah. growing stations and stuff like that. So you can brew the potions. You've got a whole like weird animal farm thing or you've got an area like a vivarium where you've got different beasts that you're breeding or stealing the materials. I say stealing, harvesting materials from like feathers and fur and things like that. And you've got to do, you got to like feed them and then like pet them or whatever. So I'm petting these weird, like crazy looking creatures to get their components for better crafting stuff for my armor, basically. Um, do you get components from petting things? Well, if they're happy, then you can take their stuff, right? So I can, if the griffin is happy, then I can take its feathers. And I can do that once every 30 minutes. So like if I'm in the middle of a loop and I want to get back to doing something, I'll go back and make a bunch of potions before I get into another mission and go grab a bunch of components. I just got a bunch of new gear. Go reslot all my gear, like add different components to it that kind of cater to my gameplay style. And then go back off exploring for another hour or two. And then by the time I get back, like all of my shit's grown again. And then, you know, all my animals are ready for harvest again. And I can go and brew like four potions at a time every minute. So I'll go through and brew a bunch of potions in between all of this stuff. But a lot of your customization for your character too comes from all of the shit that you get um, in between. So like every time you pick up an item, whatever the skin for that item is, becomes an unlock for you to paper doll your wizard to however you want them to look. So like my guy has like this one eyed glass thing that has like a salamander eye in one eye and then a regular eye in the other eye or the weird looking wizard hat and a cloak that's like made out of skins. Like he's a weird looking dude and that's kind of how I wanted him. I wanted him to look very wizardry. So he's got like a skin cloak and the eye of a newt and this weird hat. Um, I mean, Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws are generally the weird people anyway. But anywho, right, like I'll finish this. Right. I'll probably finish this game by next week, so I'll have a full-on review of where I feel about it after completing it. Some of it's kind of simplistic. Some of it's pretty fun. Um, Like I said, it's a, it's a pretty dope-ass video game-ass video game that really makes you feel like you're part of the Hogwarts thing. And that fucking castle, man, that castle is fucking huge. Like, it is a massive, like, Hogwarts itself is fucking massive. It's like a whole college, like self-contained college campus. Um, uh, and there's a lot of little things to do, like puzzle-wise in there or different secret areas to find, etc. Um, the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, yes. It's in there somewhere. I don't think I found, I haven't found the Chamber of Secrets, but um, I have found the rumor requirement and the Undercroft so far. Okay. I mean, all you got to do is go to the bathroom and convince Moaning Myrtle to open it up for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Moaning Myrtle. See, you'd already know more about this stuff than I would, Jason. Like I said, medium Potter fan, seen all the movies once, read all the books once. I've read all the books once. I've seen all the movies a couple times because, you know, Crystal and I originally watched them as they came out because she was much more of a Potter fan than I was. And, uh, of course, we've watched them all with the kids because... All. Yeah. Some of those are pretty dark, dude. Yeah, Deathly Hollows um, is pretty dark. The um the youngest two have not seen the Deathly Hallows. Okay. Yeah. We we stopped we stopped we stopped there with those two. 
Okay. Yeah, speaking of Probably stuff like for that, the best. Like the Crucio, right? Like and the- like they've seen the first uh Fantastic Beasts, uh, but the uh the second and third one no, because uh, those get pretty dark too. Okay. I haven't I haven't even seen those, so I haven't seen but. Fantastic Beasts. I, that's the story of uh what's his face? Uh, the Newt main... Scamander, right? But it's—I right. thought it was the story of the main headmaster, right? The oh, uh, the the third movie is pretty much all about Dumbledore's and okay, Grindelwald's, uh, basically fight with each other. But gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cool. I I still haven't seen those ones, but I don't know. I actually found those a lot more entertaining than. Uh, most of the Harry Potter films. That's probably because they were more geared towards the grown-up. They are. So there you go. Maybe I should watch those. But that being said, if we don't have anything else, do you think we ought to take a break? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Go ahead. All right. We'll be back. back Ooh, buddy Woo! how fantastic very fantastic i mean <laughs> oh my god that's uh for any of us that are not sports ball fans or could care less about the big game um <laughs> thoughts and prayers right um right. i don't want to talk a little bit about news uh we've got a few things and stuff to kind of go over with that. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about that I'm pretty hyped about, to be honest with you. And yep. there's a survival game coming out soon, sometime this year, called Pacific Drive. And the idea is it's a run-based game where you are surviving in this weird post-apocalyptic world with all sorts of like natural disasters going on. So like weird electric storms, chain lightning or ball lightning, um, tsunamis, volcanic things going on, and monsters, and you're in this like weird futuristic station wagon, scavenging parts off cars off the side of the road, stopping at like truck stops to go in and work your way through monsters to get things to get to a point where you need to go back, and then the way that you escape is you outrun the storm that's following you to like a point that's on the map. So then it turns into a racing game where you're racing your car across a really uneven terrain to get to that point to exit. And that loop sounds really neat and unique and fresh. And it also looks really, really pretty dope. Um, So Pacific Drive is definitely on my radar, set to come out, like I said, sometime this year. Is a weird take on roguelikes and survival games with some pretty awesome flair to boot. To boot. Um... So if you haven't watched the trailer for it, the new trailer dropped. It's about three minutes long the other day. And it it does look pretty neat. So something to look forward to this year. And there's a lot of weird announcements going on right now with things and stuff game-wise. There's potentially some really big games coming out and some games that are not 
So like Starfield right now said there's there's a leak that said it's got a June release date. There's who knows, right? I'll the believe release, it when I see it. The release date was initially cited for like eleven eleven twenty two or what, maybe it was like eleven twenty two twenty two. I think. Yeah, they tried for something the, cute. Yeah, for like Skyrim, that didn't work out, and then they just laid off a bunch of people at Microsoft. So who knows if their QA team got laid off or what? You know, so. That's a tentative release date. I'm curious about the game, right? And if you're not the biggest Bethesda fan, like you can always like play it on Game Pass anyway. Um, I'm a decent Bethesda fan, as in that I've liked most of the games they've put out, even if they've been broken. May not be the most objective reviewer on this on this podcast for Bethesda games, but um, <laughs> if anybody buys it, it'll probably be me, and everybody yes. else will wait and then play it so the objective review will be rusty and jason the non-objective review will probably be me because this is one of the things that i'm hyped about right um speaking of bethesda and products they own now fallout one is now able to be played on phones after an after open source project so that's been something i don't know why it hasn't been a thing for quite some time because like Fallout 1 is a pretty old RPG at this point, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is way before I'm, like 3D. Um this is I mean, top down. Yeah. That thing's ancient. I played that in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Um I had it installed on like a burn CD that I play <laughs> at work when I I worked for this web development company back in the early 2000s that for some reason, I was the boss of everybody at like 18 bucks an hour. Wow. Um, but yeah, there is a uh, point in my life where I've I've played through Fallout 1 like 12 or 15 times. Like I used to play it annually. Um, but if you're curious, if you, sort, if you search open source Fallout 1 phone game, you will find how to do it. Um, so that's also a thing. <laughs> um. We've already talked about Metroid Prime. Jason is playing that right now. Um, Legend of Zelda yep. Tears of the Kingdom is got a $70 price tag. Yeah, fuck $70 games, man. I'm uh, not... Uh, I knew it was happening, though. It was only a matter of time. Like, uh, as, as soon uh, as you heard the first rumor that they were going to do a $70 game, then they backed off and they're like, oh, this is not the right time. We'll take $10 off of this game, but it's going to happen next time. Yeah, and it's going to be on Switch on May 12th. So now we've got a new standard for Switch games at $70. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but then right beside that, um, Nintendo also uh, basically had a uh, official press release kind of saying that... Uh, that price tag really isn't going to uh to stick as a as a standard oh bullshit um, at least not yet oh bullshit as soon as they start selling a game at seventy dollars they're gonna fucking start selling every other fucking game at seventy dollars I guarantee yep. you this is that is some fucking p r marketing bullshit. They're like, oh, it's not it's not gonna be every game. It's just this one because we put extra effort into this one. Bullshit. It's an We live in a fucking world where fucking you know a dozen of eggs costs uh, like nearly five fucking dollars. Fuck. Seriously. 
I Seriously. mean, this is this is just more evidence as to why Nintendo is not your friend. I Nintendo's well, never been my friend. It's a Nintendo. It, it never, it's a Nintendo Direct release, which means this could be the gold standard for games going forward. Which is what Rusty, you're you're really catching mm-hmm. on to, right? That's that's exactly it. You know, this and everything that they say otherwise is just total other bullshit. They're going to test it, right? They're going to see. And see if the world wants to wants to dive into that, and if they pick it up, and with it being a Zelda thing, they'll say, "See, everybody purchased this game. We had five million sales on Switch of mm-hmm. Zelda, so now seventy dollars games are justified. The economy can afford it." Yeah the one the one title of theirs that people will spend seventy dollars on, no matter what, because it's fucking Zelda. You just wait. You just wait. If it doesn't, th- this is the fallback plan: is that if it doesn't. And people are like, no, I'm not going to buy this game because it's $70. Okay, here's an edition of, uh, of, you know, of the new fucking Zelda game at $60. And there's a, a $10 DLC that, that unlocks the rest of the shit. Ah, I hate games sometimes. <laughs> so speaking of game stuff as well. So like Ubi's canceled a whole bunch of projects lately. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lead creative developers of... The Assassin's Creed franchise, his name's Jean Guston, I guess, mm. is leaving after 17 years of working at Ubi. What is he the one that's... He's, he's the main, one of the main creative directors. Okay. So Was he responsible for the, uh, uh, for, uh, for the Ubi Towers? I guess he is responsible for Ubi Towers, I'm sure. Okay. That was right. a new thing back when he was doing this 17 years ago. Okay. Well, uh, good riddance. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, I'm just I want interested. To, I'm interested just to see get what they do. Rid of that one thing, and I'll be all right. Well, not just that one thing, but that's a start. That's a big start. Like, just <laughs> that needs to be. Uh, I've said before, this shit needs to be innovated. Otherwise, it's just gonna you know get stagnant over time. And I was right, and just gotten stagnant over time. So there's that. Ooh, awesome. I'm, you know, is he moving on to other things or is he retiring? <laughs> I, I don't guess. know. I, did, I couldn't find out what it, it's a Euro game story. So I, it didn't really uh, say what he was going on to. Uh, gotcha. Um, okay. Well, I just didn't want to sound like a total insensitive prick. <laughs> well, in other news, um, we're all fans of Remedy games, right? Alan Wake mm-hmm. and Control. Um, Control 2 is something that's just gotten out of the concept stage and into the production stage. And Alan Wake 2 is currently playable from start to finish, so they're just polishing Alan Wake 2 at this point. I'm pretty pretty excited for Alan Wake 2. Um, I need to replay the first one again, because it's been a very long time since I've played that. Um, but I have that sitting on my PS5 right now. I could play it at any point. But Control 2, big Control fan now. Didn't think I was ever going to be one. Now I'm a pretty big fan of Control. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Alan Wake I've been a fan of for a very long time. One of the few exceptions to the scary game genre that I've played. Um, I really like the episodic feel of Alan Wake, and I hope they keep that weird, um, that weird episodic feel with the new one. Because I do like the, uh, I do like the way that that played out. It was meant to be like book chapters, yeah. right? Um, other things that are releasing pretty soon. You got Dead Cells: Return to Castlevania DLC releasing on March sixth. Um, 
trying to think of what else was big and new. I feel like there's some games coming out soon that I don't know about. And if there's no games that are coming out that I know about, I'm going to finish The Witcher because it's really good. It are good. It, it are, are good. good. Like, like it still holds I up. I don't remember what uh, there was. I know there was another game that came uh, that was coming out, but I'd uh, let's see as I furiously start uh, search for it. Releases. I mean, if you're into Dead Space, that's out. And apparently, nobody's complaining about the changes they've made to that game. It's You've, what's the been okay from what I understand. It's been okay. Yeah, what's the uh, Atomic Heart comes out the, like in a couple of weeks? Yeah, so I haven't heard very much about it. And considering it's it's on Game Pass, right? So, but it's considering its release and some of the back you know background you know behind it i'm not, i'm not sure if it's going to get a whole lot of advertisement uh so i wonder because it's if a, it's a russian studio right yeah i just i just don't think it's i don't think it's going to be uh pushed as hard as it should like I'm still interested in playing it because I mean I'm I'm good on you know I'm good with playing video games right you know bunch of bunch of controversy aside just play fucking good video games right right uh, let's see well a firm release date for the Resident Evil 4 remake has been announced as next month March 24th oh boy I think I'm done with Resident Evil I've had the Resident Evil 2 remake in my cart on Steam multiple times and decided that even at $10, I wasn't going to play it anytime soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I used to play yeah. the hell out of Resident Evil. There was a time, like, all the way through 5 that I played it very re very religiously. And somewhere along the line, I just fell off, and I just don't want to go back to playing it. Um, uh, Jedi Survivor, when does that come out? Because that comes out in March, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's in March. There was some. Uh, there was a, there's no, uh, a gameplay reveal. April. Yeah, there was a um, gameplay reveal of it. Uh, not long April ago. April twenty eighth. April. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, it got uh, pushed last week. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah. But they did actually show, you know, some of the uh, uh, progress on it. It's and it's looking good. Like there's you know fast travels and fucking. Uh, you know, starting off with not uh, with a non-broken lightsaber, so you have the ability to to go single-bladed, dual-bladed, or dual lightsaber. You know, from the start. You know, yeah, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, so that's that's nice. Um, and the the combat looks a little more action-packed, a little less uh uh. Kind of, I don't know. There was something about the combat that yeah, that was just not it didn't feel quite right. Like some of the uh, the enemies were were good. Like I'm looking for, you know, Dark Souls level fucking like you know dodging, right? Which which and, game? Oh, you mean uh, uh, for for the Jedi survivors or whatever? Yeah, for for Fallen Order. Yeah, <laughs> Jedi survivors. Jedi survivors. Uh, yeah. So. 
they get the controls you know, a little bit tighter, add a little bit more to you know to that story. I, I like the Cal Casta story, so let's uh, let's see more. I think Cal is a really butter-faced, weird-looking dude, but I will play <laughs> that game. Aesthetics matter a little bit to me, and it's hard to make him look neat because he is a weird, butter-faced-looking dude, but with a goofy haircut. I don't know what. There's just something about him that's just like screams generic, but the game is good. <laughs> um. There's a game that's I'm interested in, but I have to have people to play it with called Dark and Darker, which is like Escape from Tarkov D&D style. So it's PvE, PvP, but you it's a run-based game where you go in with friends in a dungeon, and you might run into regular enemies or um, other players, and the goal is either to defeat stuff together with those other players with your team, or to defeat them, everybody, yourself, and then you come out with loot at the end. Right now it's a demo on Steam through the... Next Fest that's going on that right now it's like the number five top played game on Steam. And it's a total like melee based brawl fest. Um, which is kind of an interesting concept. Uh, mm-hmm. Um so I'm not big on PvP these days anymore. So it's melee PvP, which is a little different, and it didn't seem like there's a lot of loss compared to the reward. I don't know how it plays out, but at some point I might jump into it. Who knows? But I don't really have much else in news. Do you guys? Wow. No, I think that's pretty dry. So with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show for the love of gaming. You've got picking up the pixels or the pupcast. You've got noquarters.net. You've got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. They also play RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.